The following episode of the Council of the First Ones was recorded on May 25, 2014. Special thank you to He-Man.org. Hello and welcome to another Council of the First Ones. I'm Kelly, host of Toys and Tunes. I'm joined by my fellow admin of the Great Rebellion on Facebook, Yoni. So what's going on over there? <laughs> uh, well... It was hot, well, a few days, and now it's raining and not so hot. But it's better than being freezing cold. Yeah. Better than snow. <laughs> yes. Uh, also joining us is Renee from Nerds on the Couch. Hello, everybody. Is that anything new? Well, I'll tell you this right now. Um, X-Men Days of Future Past was awesome. I know, I'm seeing it again tomorrow. I completely fell in love with it. And, uh, you know, we're going to review that, but uh, we have some convention announcements to make. And, of course, we couldn't have our council without someone to rant and rave about every little thing. And that's Crespo. I miss the internet so much. <laughs> what did we do prior to the internet? Hang out with people, but and I missed it so much, and I still have to see... X-Men Days of Future Past, probably I'll go tomorrow, but Spider-Man 2 sucked. Oh yeah, I did. We all agreed on that. We we failed it. How about Godzilla? I still have not seen it, but the problem is that I don't have many kaiju fans to go with me, and I don't want to go alone to the movie, so I'll watch X-Men first and see if I can convince people to watch Godzilla with me, because I want to have fun at the movie. Because if I go alone, I'm going to be nitpicking the heck out of each movie. And I just want to see the movies at the theater for the first time and enjoy them. Then I'll nitpick the heck out of them. <laughs> well, we saved something for you. I mean, last week we did issue 12 and the last spring of the comic book. But we saved the bios for you. We couldn't yes. do it without you. So where shall we start with our bios? Should we start with our San Diego exclusive? Why not? Sure. Um, there may be something positive there that I won't complain about. Um, I'm not sure on that. <laughs> Why don't we have you read it? All right. Hordak, Hordak, Hordak. Okay. First one. Hordak. Ethereum Invasion Hordak. Okay. Real name, Hector Kerr. We already know that. We've had, like, what? Three Hordaks before? Okay. Here, here's the bio. After millennia of wandering through the bundles, Horde Scouts located a small magical planet deep in the center of this terrible dimension. Hordak led his troops there, overthrowing the local monarchs and claiming it as a new Horde homeworld. Exposed to the planet's natural magic, Hordak's blood rose to the surface, giving him a bluish hue. <sighs> After his stepdaughter's betrayal, he began to lose control of the planet and eventually gave it up completely when Shadow Weaver discovered a laser gate portal back to Eternia. Once there, Hordak and his army quickly overthrew Skeletor's royal forces and took control. From his new Frightsome Mountain fortress, Hordak continued his obsession for magical secrets, hoping to use them to achieve his ultimate goal, returning to Horde World to claim the entire empire for himself. Where do we begin with this? 
<laughs> and I thought the figure was bad. I'm sorry, Scott. I don't want I don't want to throw you under the bus again. But man, this bio sucks. Well, I don't get a whole lot of what's going on here. Okay, his blood rolls to the surface. So that means every vessel in his body must have burst. Or for the he's blood anemic. To... Or both. I mean, what does Etheria make him anemic? You know. Isn't our blood on the, I mean... I mean, we do have veins that go to the surface and all like that, but it doesn't change the pigment of our skin. Now, it could be a couple of things I'm thinking of. Because, you know, if I look at it grammatically, his blood rolls to the surface, which could be that he's just bleeding out all over the face. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, if you look at it the way it's written. And, you know, he's just a gooey, bloody mess. So or, someone be cleaning up after him. Okay, okay. Or, no, no, no. The other thing is he got anemia, so his body, you know, is instead of the pressure points and all that that anemics get sometimes, his whole body is one big giant blue bruise. <laughs> but here's the thing. All of his skin turned blue, but his face turned white. Why did his face turn white? All the bone in his face. The skin yep. fell off. Scott and writing team. Here's something that would have been a lot more easier. Hordak injected himself with the Technovirus, and the magical properties of Etheria changed his appearance. Bingo. The end. That's it. That would have solved it pretty easily. And again, if Hord... What's the whole stepdaughter thing? Did Marlena marry Hordak? And we didn't know about that. <laughs> it's yeah. his adopted daughter. Or daughter inside quotation marks. Not stepdaughter. Yeah, that's sort of like saying, uh, Marlena was very loose around the galaxy. Well, in all fairness, she may be related to Kirk. Well, it could be, technically, it's still bad because if the way you're implying it, no, because then that would be his full daughter. So it could be, what, Marlena left Randor for Hordak? Which is really bad. Yeah, they should have used the word adopted daughter. This is just a blatant oversight. I mean, he just didn't have anybody check it. Because, yeah, he it's completely the wrong word here. Or it could be that's the lie he told Adora, which I think that's what they were thinking, but they just don't explain it right. And But another thing, okay, so if Ethereum's magic is so strong that it can make Hordak's blood rise to the surface. <laughs> Why would Hordak give up on this magical planet just to go back to Eternia? It's like, dude, you've got here a planet so powerful that it makes you anemic. Remember, his uh, adopted daughter, or stepdaughter in this case, decided to go to the Rebellion, and that shows that the Rebellion actually won to take back control of Etheria. But come on, the Rebellion, they're... Those are a bunch of girls who only do sleepovers, makeovers, talk about Bo and how straight he is. And the daughter's like, oh, I've got a fancy accent that I love this dress so very much. Thank you. And also knows how to kick butt. And the Horde lost to that if we're going by the classics bios that we've got Glimmer who is like, hey, I'm a princess. Are you a princess? Because I'm a princess. Yay! <laughs> the, seriously, the classics bios make the P.O.P. ladies a bunch of idiots because Frosta, uh, she's flighty, Casaspella, she likes 
the ones that were released back in the 80s, that was the way their bios were written on the card. And Scott was trying to stay true to what their bio said instead of updating it and taking out the girly girl aspect that the pink side of Mattel's company in the 80s wanted to influence the girls with. At least of all troubles, at least she's at least useful because she's like a, ma a mistress of disguise and all that. Well, but seriously, come on, man. This this bio for this bio for a master's character, it's an absolute fail. I mean, they've used the techno virus on Hero. They used it on Skeletor, going by the third mini comic from the Ultimate Battleground, and it's like Hordak. The answer's right there, dude. Use the freaking techno virus to improve him. No. The magic of the planet made his blood boiling. I mean, I can understand them trying to incorporate that it is a magical world. But here we had an opportunity of learning a name of one of the dimensions, and all we get is of this terrible dimension? Well, it's Despondos, because they said, like, Etheria wasn't Despondos, and they still kept the horrible part of the banishment to Despondos thing. So now They the kept the Millennia thing. So Despondos is no longer the name of the planet, it's now the dimension. No, it's been the, the dimension. Ethereum was in the middle of the Spondos or something Toyguru said a while back. But again, the whole millennia of wandering through the Spondos, it makes the Horde look like a bunch of losers because they spend over 5,000 years wandering around and they take one single planet to just, eh, it's not important, planet. let's get out of here. Well, I keep thinking, what makes the Spondos so terrible? Is it just because, is it just like Ethereum is just like the one planet that has life? Ethereum is like the one planet that has influence of good, cause if I recall correctly, the map of Ethereum says like, the Spondos was like pretty much the hell dimension and the, the people from Eternia, the, the first council sent like a living spell from Eldor to Ethereum just to give them a bit of light and hope. No, I mean, I mean, we got that. I mean, we we got that, but it's a whole dimension of demons, hell, and one good planet. Pretty much. Yeah, you think Hordak would be having fun? But yeah, he'd be like chilling with the demons. No, I want the planet where the girls have sleepovers. Why? Because I'm evil. Oh, but like you said, there's so many ways this needed to be fixed, and. I don't know, I think Scott just phoned it in. I really do think on this one, phoned it in. Because, okay, I mean, the first part, Wandering, Despondos, okay. I'm thinking that maybe Despondos is just an empty dimension. Where there is no life. Because, But then I keep thinking, what about Sweet Bee? They have, they're not evil people. No, but her planet was being destroyed when her and her troops were looking for another place to settle. Yeah, but... Technically, then, if everything else is evil in that dimension, it's a Etheria, logically... Well, maybe they're from another diff from another dimension and they accidentally landed on the Spondos because wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey. Well, okay, I'll go with that. I'll give you guys that. And then, um, so again, it says here that they're claiming a new Horde world. Okay, so that's taking over. That's pretty much what we know. And I agree with it. They could have just said that the planet's magic made Hordak, or something that Hordak tried to tap into the magic, and it altered him. Just like Tila, I mean, evil in turns yellow. So, okay, so we could go with that, but no, he doesn't fix it. And then there's always the laser gate portal. 
It's always been there. It's on the map and all that. So that being said, all this time, they didn't need Skeletor. They didn't need anything. They just needed to look for that laser gate. And they're back. Pretty much. So that makes them just an army of morons. <laughs> it doesn't speak well that they took over Eternia if it's an army of morons. Well, it doesn't speak well either of Skeletor's forces, because it's like, Skeletor took over Eternia, and then Hordak comes, now it's mine. Well, come on, we're talking Skeletor's forces. Well, Randor's forces lost against Skeletor. So it's just an so, army of dumb and dumber here. Really, logically, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to make sense out of this, and honestly, it just goes bad. I mean, it's just... And then, what is his goal? To go back to Horde World and take everything for himself? And if Horde World is so... Or the Horde Empire is so dangerous and all that, it should be a bigger story than what it is. Instead, there's nothing here. And we know that Hordak dies. Uh, what about Horde Prime? He, is he going to waltz to Horde World and Horde Prime's going to be like, Oh yeah, I'm going to let you take over. Come on, little brother. Sit on the throne, will ya? No. We know there's going to be a battle there. Horde Prime sent Hordak to Eternia so Hordak would be killed by Hero and the something of whatever. And Hordak couldn't even kill Hero. Well, wait, he did. That little, that little blast. So Hero, the biggest threat to the Horde Empire, died by a single blast. Again, I'm, I'm starting to think that the M in Masters of the Universe in Motu should stand for morons. At least if we're going by these bios, thank God some of us don't use them as their personal canons. And again, it's nothing personal against Scott or the bio writing team. It's just that when there's a good bio, we celebrate it. But when there's a b bad bio, we're going to rip it a new one. And sadly, this bio gives us a lot to poke fun at. Scott needed to get some people in on this. Get some actual writers and all this. And I have to declare that DC Comics is doing a better job so far. Yeah. And I think somebody needed to tell Scott, you're not an English major, I'm sorry, <laughs> you don't know story. Now again, I get it that maybe he was trying to adapt, or maybe he got this, not even from the Filmation Library. No. But, because I get it, you know, I mean, the, the Hordak in the Filmation is a little different. But, wow, this is just... Terrible. It, it really is. And nobody tells him. I mean, I bet you he's not even having somebody or somebody double checking this. Or if he is, he's just giving it to a yes man underling. And I'm sorry, but there's a bunch of them. It's a corporation. You know, people surround themselves with yes men. And so if you got this done by somebody, you need to fire somebody who can tell you that this needs work. And again, it's not, it's not out of hate. It's out of love of the brand and we know how, that the brand could be higher than it, it is, but awkward bios that are basically the official canon from Mattel make it a bit harder for people to take to take it seriously. Oh, and don't get me wrong, I'm gonna get this figure. I'm gonna, well, you know, it's gonna be on Maddie Collector, and I'm gonna buy it. I'll do the widescreen shuffle. Hopefully, there won't be any widescreen, and I won't be geoblocked, and. I'll try to get him, but it's mostly out of getting Imp, not getting the Hordak, per se. I could get Imp and skip the Hordak. If I could, I would, but... I'd say a I, lot of people would do that, especially since they it's basically a repaint on the face, and that's what a lot of people are still saying. They wish that it was more of a filmation style. 
But could be in done. all fairness, in all fairness, I've been looking at the pics that I had saved on my computer while I was without internet, and I'm crying to my ISP to fix this issue. And I noticed that the Hordak lower leg seems to be a new leg without the pins. Um, the left arm is a brand new arm because it's it has a, a mirror image of the Hurricane Hordak arm. So Now, somebody correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, I haven't really bothered to go look it up. Is, is the cannon on the right arm? No, the cannon is on the left arm. Left. Well, on the toy, it's on the left arm. The correct arm... Uh, the problem is that the cartoon on the intro is on the left arm. On the cartoon itself, he mostly used the right arm. Okay, that's what I was... That's where it threw me off. Okay, thank so, because I was looking at the intro. The intro's on the left, and uh, and on the cartoon, he usually uses the right, so... And I think on Secret of the Sword, he, he once went dual-wielding with both arms. Yep. And sadly, this Hordak only does the left arm if you want to do the right arm. You need to get another Hurricane Hordak, another flip shot, butcher both figures, and modify the right bicep, no, not the bicep, the right shoulder, so you can pop off the arm at the bicep easily to swap for Hurricane Hordak, paint to match, and that sounds like a lot of work. I'm sorry, I mean, you, you brought it up about the head, and a lot of the fans were angry, and they got Mattel enough to say that they will do the head. I'm declaring this, um, you know, as much as I'm a Maddie supporter and all that, and this is a guy who didn't come in late in the game. I've been here since day one. I've been here, I've collect, I have every figure, I have every Maddie toy that they've done for Motu and all this, okay? This is a guy who's been a lifelong member and all that, and I've invested more money than my wife wants to admit. Um, you shortchanged it. You, you really, Shortchanged us. Okay, it's it's a horrible figure for San Diego Comic Con exclusive, and not to put in the head. Come on, I mean honestly, I, I am mad about this figure. Yeah, I mean this could have gone as a variant throughout the year. Anyone would, then we wouldn't have complained. But San Diego Comic Con, that's when we want the bells and whistles. And they're saying that. Hey, we're trying to take all the SKUs. We're trying to give you as much as we can. You know, the San Diego Comic Con is a separate SKU, so we have a little more freedom to get things out to you and all that. This figure sucks. And you know what's the worst part of it sucking? Is that instead of giving us, for example, Boss Zaw Hordak, we got, uh, wait, Hordak, Hurricane Hordak, Jericho Hordak, Filmation Hordak, and we still got Buzza Hordak that is supposed to be coming in 2015. Uh, I would have preferred that we'd have, we had gotten uh, He-Man versus Skeletor 2-Pack, the Flying Fist versus the Terror Claws. It would be the first time that the main two are at San Diego. It knocks two variant slots out of the way, so 2015 would have had more slots for other things. Because we have, right now, for 2015, five variants left. The two laser figures, Terror Claws, Flying Fist, and Buzza Hordek, and that's not to mention if we're going to get things like Claudine, Sagittar, Storm, Mandisaur. There's only four forest slots for variants slash large-scale items, and we have five vintage variants missing. Something doesn't add up. Yeah. I could, I could see for next year, San Diego, they better have the laser light 
Skeletor and He-Man. Since they were the last two figures out, and 2015 is supposed to really wrap up the thing, that's when I would bring out those two in a two-pack, making it official, where we have both He-Man and Skeletor at San Diego, go out with the bang. So I could see that slot. But there's some fractions that we haven't even touched. Meteorbs, Twistoids. Are we going to even see them in classics now? Because those would have been perfect for a San Diego exclusive slot because of the high tooling. And you could say, well, if you don't like them, you don't have to get them. They're an exclusive and all the blah, blah, blah that goes with it. That's why I feel like I'm still being jipped off. I mean, yes, I'm going to get my Filmation Hordak. Yes, I'm getting it at San Diego so I can get my treasure trust. Yeah, but, but it, feel, it feels like you're paying 30 bucks for Imp and an unwanted figure. Right. I want it more for my buck, okay? I mean, I was expecting different versions with this Hordak. Yeah, they could have done quite a few things. I mean, given us a lot of accessories. Yeah, I mean, my expectations was this Hordak with Imp. And he would come, Hordak was going to have his different weapon attachments that we saw in the uh, cartoon. And I was the impression like there was going to be a rocket form and um, the different forms that he took in the series. I mean, even if they did the bop, the figure like they did with King Hiss, with, where you could put the rocket bottom on to Hordak. Because there were scenes where he did have the, the upper body and then the rocket, or the drill bit. I mean, if you're doing Filmation Hordak, that was just too much that they could have done. Or And I, and the staff. Uh, that staff, it, it does not belong. That's a 2000X item. It looks wrong. It they looks wrong era. It looks unpainted. And I would have treated that staff for at least maybe uh, a secondary imp form, like imp as the bibble, or imp as the as an unarticulated flea imp or something. Because right now, imp's shape-shifting. Yeah, no, he just stands there. And if you want to shape-shift, you have to go to the con itself. You know what would have been a cool San Diego exclusive? Having imp turned into the San Diego logo. That would have been cool. And then have the chest for everyone who bought the Hordak and imp. And then like, oh, imp transforms into the San Diego logo. That screams Comic-Con exclusive and would have been something sweet. Heck, a brand new transformation for Imp. A Horde crossbow Imp. That would have been something cool that they could have given for the San Diego con goers, too. I would have been happy with it, but you know what? They can keep that chest. It's not even a great accessory to me. I mean, it's Imp as a box. Well, it did play a big role in one episode when Dora and five other rebels lost their voice. I mean, I'm remembering that one year that they had the Wonder Twins, and you got Gleek if you showed up. That was cool. That that would have been worth it. Here, I mean, there's a lot better you can do. I love your crossbow idea. But I still like the San Diego Comic-Con uh, logo. But they, they're, this one, they foamed it in. And I don't know why. I don't think, I would like to think maybe they had better plans, but. Oh, Logistics. Something, I mean, I'm really upset with this one. Now, this one, I have to say, is almost not even worth it. Okay, we're up to Flutterina. 
Okay, Flutterina. Beautiful flying outlook. Real name, Abby Denote. After the Horde invaded her home planet and overthrew most of the local monarchs, Flutterina was driven underground and joined with the Great Rebellion. As a member of the Butterfly Council, she was magically gifted with fairy wings, giving her the ability to fly unnoticed around most foes. This skill makes her an ideal spy and reconnaissance officer. After the Horde located the laser gate back to Eternia, she agreed to follow along with Shira and several other warriors in pursuit. Flutterina eventually fell in love with Randor's new man-at-arms and opted to stay with him on Eternia after the second ultimate battleground. Flutterina uses her powers of flight to chase off those who make mischief for her friends. I'll let you guys start. That last sentence was completely dumb. <laughs> like I said, I'm reserving my comments because I know this goes back to the 80s. Uh, but, well, the first paragraph goes back to the 80s bio from her her card. No filmation bio. Boo! That's what I'm at. I never accepted this as the real thing. I loved how Filmation gave her a real background, that she was a slave girl, injured, and it was Light Hope that turned her into the butterfly. There was no species of butterflies or butterfly council. She was the only one, and it was her good nature and loving heart that caused Light Hope to give her another chance at life and transforming her into this beautiful butterfly. I mean, this is not a bad bio. Like I said, most of it was written back in the 80s, and one of the few that didn't have every female warrior having a tea party and saying, pretty, pretty, pretty princess. But they could have incorporated the filmation into it, gotten rid of the member of the Butterfly Council, and thrown in how Light Hope is going to tie into the series into the classics line now. Besides I was say, what was her name in the uh in the uh filmation episode? Small one. Yeah, small one. Yeah. Because she was a slave girl. Yeah, I mean to me you're right. That's that's a, that's a way better bio that it could have just said she was a slave girl, they didn't even have a real name. And it could be that because her spirit she was granted the gift. You're right. It's just better. Here it's kind of a What's that? What's that one toy line with little fairies that spin around? Wings. Yeah, with a neck. This, this reminded me of that and the uh, the Tinker Bell. More <laughs> Tinker Bell. I mean, this is this is one of my favorite episodes of Princess of Power. In fact, I own the panorama of her transformation. It hangs up in my living room. So this is a character I've been looking forward to getting. But to have her marry Clamp Champ? What's wrong with that? At least it's not Laser Lost. True. <laughs> no, I mean, uh, that was the one thing a lot of uh, people really kind of gravitated to and they liked. Well, it's the first heroic interracial marriage in Masters of the Universe. Because the previous interracial marriage was evil. So that's something that many people have liked. I don't have any real complaints about that. And kind if, of thing, but and if I forget what 
if it was the first or the second one, uh, mini comic, she's killed anyway. No, that's on the DC comic, so that's not Mattel canon. Also in the mini comics. Because you don't fourth, know if it was Flutterine. Yeah, because here they have it as a species. Yeah, so I'm thinking maybe they got this from DC Comics. When I saw that scene in the comic books, I didn't take it as Flutterina. I took it as one of her species, or the the uh, the title of the Flutterina is given to somebody. You know, like a Green Lantern or something like that. You know, when one dies, the ring goes find somebody else. You know, or I'm thinking the magic goes and finds yeah. somebody else. But here... I mean, people kind of gravitated because, yeah, I mean, it was Clamp Champ. And it's uniting the two planets. And it's kind of, yeah, I mean, it's like really interracial because you have a fairy, you know. And, you know, race relationships uh, aside and all that, you know, I mean, it shows like there's some development, some romance. Especially in hyper-racist Eternia. Well, they don't like blue guys, but everybody else is cool. (laughs) Oh, but but Eternia is basically a racist community, so it's surprisingly refreshing to see interracial marriage. Let me just go through the whole Flood Arena thing. I'm going to be honest, until February 11th of this year, I wasn't that well-versed into Flood Arena, so I did a rant about that. And the conclusion I reached with the whole watching the Flood Arena episodes was that Flood Arena inflammation had the following powers. She could shrink into butterfly size. She could control butterflies. So she was pretty much the Ant-Man of the Great Rebellion. And what Mattel gave us, it's like, as, as her powers, it's like, she can fly unnoticed with those giant butterfly wings. It's like, I'm a butterfly! Just ignore me! <laughs> and I understand the whole, Mattel did not have the formation rights when the bios were written about the time Stratos was released, and all that. But seriously, dear bio-writing team, <laughs> you can rewrite stuff. If you got, if you get the formation rights, you can rewrite stuff. Cause I'm pretty sure that formation Hordak bio was not written in 2009 by the time Stratos came out. That's what erasers and the back and delete buttons were made for. I, I think I would, I will ignore the whole, the whole Mattel bio here. Uh, so I don't mind, except the whole marrying Clamchamp, I don't mind that, but seriously, why don't you say that she married Clamchamp instead of going, she fell in love with Randor's new man-at-arms and opted to stay with him? I think maybe because they weren't sure if they wanted her with Clamchamp, or maybe there's another man-at-arms after Clamchamp that we haven't been uh, told about. I just realized something. All the man-at-arms of Eternia have a wing lady fetish. <laughs> You know you're right. Well, no, it's Clamchamp, dude, because it's Randor's new man-at-arms. Yeah, but the previous man-at-arms had a fetish with another winged lady. So that's two for two. (laughs) Maybe it's part of the job description. Well, you know, birds of a feather (coughs) together. (laughs) (laughs) But, and and her name, Dear Abby. (laughs) I think after she retires... She'll take over the Eternian Dear Abby. Oh. Well, so it's, lo- not, it's not horrible. No. We already went through horrible. It's better than the last. Yeah. It's better than Hurricane, than, not Hurricane, uh, Failmation Hordeck, but it's not a good bio. It's a, yeah. 
kind of okay-ish. It's, but dude. I'm keeping my my Flutterina as the Ethereum Antonet. No, dude, compared to the last one, this is like War and Peace. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know that compared to that abomination that we read before, this one's okay, but it's not one of the best bios there. I I still think that Vicron got the best bio ever. Hey, we, should, we got brutality in that one. Okay. And it was it was a self-contained bio. It didn't have it didn't spend half the bio telling us stories about different characters. It was just like he was a gladiator. He was flashy. He was ripped in half. The end. Yeah, it was a nice, neat, well-constructed bio. I wish all of them were written like that. But you know what? I'm gonna tell this. Next time you, when you bring back another Motu line, don't do bios. Just do like power cards or something. Yes. Uh, mechanic. Abilities, blah, 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 blah. And maybe a short bio on the character, like, oh, he, he served Randor, blah, blah, blah. That's it. No need to tell us, oh, yes, he, he's really straight. He's the straightest man, straightest man in the universe. He totally loves the women. And he's not gay. He's straight. Okay, how about we go on to Flog? Who would like to read about him? I'll do Flog. Alright, Flog. Evil leader of the space mutants. Real name, Brack. Before Skeletor passed through the laser gate and arrived in the tri-solar system, Flog the Terrible was the commander of the Horde's Denebrian Space Mutant Goon Squad. Directing operations either from his secret hideout in a Gorn crater, or from his camp city of Diablo in the regular region of Denebria, Flog launched raiding parties on the neighboring planets of Primus in the name of his horde commanders. A vain and boastful bully, Flog's favorite weapon is his laser whip, which he calls the Sidewinder. Flog has a nasty temper and agreed to join Skeletor and his humbled second in command. Oh, as his humbled second in command in a secret bid to one day betray him and use Skeletor's power to take command of the Horde Empire for his own. Well, that worked out really well for him. Well, it made him, at least here, it made him sound a little intelligent, because the cartoon really made him a fool. Well, he's a goon squad. I mean, can you imagine somebody actually telling you, I'm assigning you to the goon squad? (laughs) (laughs) that, but you're the leader of the goon squad. You're the head goon! What are you going to do about that, goon? Oh, he should have at least put quotes under the goon squad, but, you know. I mean, when I hear the goon squad, I think back to the Police Academy movies. <laughs> with Mahoney and that whole bunch. Uh, you know, they could have just said, you know, like, they're the enforcers. Or the muscle, but they never even had uh, horde insignias on them. No, they were never part of the horde. They were the mutants of Primus. Why does everything have to go back to the horde? Simple, guys. This is part of Scott Knightley's plan of making New Adventure School by integrating it into the vintage universe. I mean, I can understand, yes, he's trying to make him cool. But you know what? doesn't mean they have to be part of the Horde. It could just be a mutant race trying for domination. I mean, not everything has to be part of a fraction. I would have made it, like said here, just saying Denivrian space pirates or space mercenaries. 
because mercenaries would sound okay, and then they, they could say that occasionally used by the Horde. That would be more acceptable, but not putting them as member of the Horde. None of them have a Horde insignia. Well, I, I, I want to know what the Goon Squad insignia would look like. <laughs> 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 For our artist friends, if somebody wants to draw a Goon Squad insignia, I want to see one. Our new oh. challenge for our listeners. We want to see pics of what the Goon Squad insignia is and post them to our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash TGR Club. I'd even get that on a t-shirt. Slugs <laughs> <laughs> Goon Squad. Remember what, uh, since 1992? <laughs> <laughs> I think they were from 1989. Okay, since 89. Weird around San Diego. <laughs> See how many people actually recognize this. Turn around. Do you know Flock? Do you know he's the captain of the Goon Squad? <laughs> you know what toy line it's from? Uh, here's the thing. In theory, this is not a bad buy. No, it's just that one word. No, th- well, there's a few. There's a few things like. Uh, okay, Al, the Horde thing. I'm honestly not too fond about it. Neither, neither am fond of the Goon Squad label. But you know what? I could have, I could have taken like, like Flug, Flug flunked out of Horde Academy, and he decided to become a a pirate. And with his resentment towards the Horde, he wants to take over or something. I could have taken that. Perfect. But perfect. And that would make sense, like the whole raiding raiding plans, because he learned from the Horde Academy about. How to co- how to become a bigger threat? You conquer worlds and you grow in power. Blah blah blah. Uh, his weapon is not a laser whip. It might it may, it may be an electro whip because it's got like those tech button thingies. Like he grabs people and maybe tases them with it, but that's not a laser whip. Blade has an actual wa- laser whip. I'm sorry, Bio Rider, but you screwed the pooch there and the whole plug having to join Skeletor from the New Adventures mini-comics where Skeletor beat him up really fast and bada-bing, bada-boom, I'm the leader, you're my second-in-command. I can deal with that, but I'm not too fond of the whole Horde thing, but at least this was way better than Failmation Hordak. Yes. Okay. Oh, the other thing, too. Gorn Crater. <laughs> I know he got uh, that That's from a Star the... Trek reference. That's I a know. Star Trek reference. I know, that's the other thing I keep thinking, is like, Gorns? Yeah, they were about smart. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, now I really need to have Flug versus He-Man reenacting that Kirk versus Gorn battle. Well, that's a sad thing. Lizor, Lizor, looks like a Gorn. That would have been perfect for him. Sadly, we're not going to get that guy, but we need that guy just to have He-Man doing double-headed overhead punch attack. Well, I'm not ruling Slow him move. out. I'm not, I'm not going to rule Lysor out. I mean, he, he could happen. He could happen, but right now, the state of the line, it's like, I only expect, like, Mara 2015, hopefully Krita, and maybe one more Galactic Protector just to round things up. Well, the only, I mean, Sagittar is a good chance of being an oversized figure. But we still got five variants missing for 2015, so... We'll just have to wait and see, and hopefully Mattel will will surprise us pleasantly. And now, we've got three bios left. 
intergalactic Skeletor, Extender, or Entrapta. So let's I pick our poison. I think we need to go with Skeletor next. I mean, let's finish up Primus. Yeah, let's let's get rid of new adventures. Okay, Skeletor, intergalactic overlord of evil. Real name, Keldor of the House of Mero. Wounded by Hordak's final boss saw attack at the end of the second ultimate battleground, the victorious Skeletor mended his body with a Technovirus from Preternia. Having learned of the might of the Horde Empire, he abandoned Eternia in search of a grander prize. The entire universe! Finding a laser gate at the far end of his own galaxy, he passed through it to the Trisolar System, just above the planet Denebria. It was here he recruited the Horde's mutant army in a plan to lead them in mutiny against the Empire. But Skeletor was followed by He-Man, She-Ra, and many of the masters of the universe who had themselves allied with the Galactic Protectors. Skeletor now fights a new intergalactic battle to rule the universe and to destroy He-Man once and for all. Excelsior! <laughs> Why is it that whenever I hear intergalactic something, I'm thinking of a disco ball? <laughs> I think there's a deep-rooted childhood thing somewhere in that. Yeah, when I heard the entire universe, I just kept thinking, we now need God Skeletor. This is God Skeletor's bio in the making. Ooh, I mean, I like the figure. First of all, I like the figure. Uh, he looks really good. And I love that they made him with the removable head. I mean, uh, the helmet. Overall, this is pretty much what we've gotten, right? I mean, this one is kind of okay. It's stating kind of the obvious. I mean, it's basically right from the era mini comic books. I mean, I have nothing bad to say about it. Well, I can complain one thing. <laughs> well, that's why we saved the bios for you. Okay, but Skeletor was followed by He-Man, She-Ra, and many of the masters of the universe. Who the heck were those guys that went with He-Man and She-Ra? Because I've got that Gorpo comic right here, and all I see is He-Man, She-Ra, Lipshot, Skeletor... Flock's head in a jar. Well, that part I don't like. I mean, I think it should have just had He-Man and She-Ra left. And He-Man, She-Ra, and Flip-Shop, because Flip-Shop shot is driving them. Well, no, I mean, I'm saying when they left uh, Eternia. Well, I think that, the one that uh, Crespo's referring to is when they were on their way oh, no, to the I'm Horde I'm referring World. both comics. I'm, I'm referring to the bio, where, where it says that they went with many people, and I'm like, no... You only went with He-Man and She-Ra, because that comic only showed us He-Man, She-Ra, Flipshot, Skeletor, Flug. Where's, uh, uh, say, Mechanic, uh, Ram-Man, uh, say, Clam-Champ, say, Rio uh, Blast. Big ship. They just mentioned, they mentioned, oh, many people went with them. Who went with them? Keep reading the bios. The bios are not telling me. That's why I'm asking, damn it. I wonder if he was eventually going to do, like, a New Adventures Ram-Man, <laughs> New Adventures Fanny Faces. Uh, I, I'm pretty sh- I'm, I'm gonna say it right now, before we get the Rio Blast bio, I'm guessing Rio Blast is one of the guys who goes with them to the new adventures. The last frontier, you need the cowboy. Well, they always say, space, the final, final frontier. frontier. These are the, oh wait, wrong show. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, you want, uh, Rio Blast's real name to be Tiberius, don't you? <laughs> no. Now watch, it's Kirk. 
uh, his real name is gonna be Mio Pacheco Blast. <laughs> and then Hasbro's gonna sue Mattel. And I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> There's no real complaint aside the whole nitpicking about who the heck went with him and Shira, and my dislike towards the Horde army. No, the mutants are not Horde. They don't have any stupid bats on them. No, we just want to know what the Goon Squad emblem is. Okay. Extendar. Heroic Master of Extension. Real name? Dudon. An Ethereum athlete of great re- renown, Dudon was tricked by Hordak into entering his experimental matrix. Here, he was transformed and graphic with cybernetic parts, allowing him to extend his limbs and body to great proportions. Dub Extendar, he escaped the evil horde before the foul effects had fully taken hold. But to his great regret, his best friend was also transformed, and unlike Extendar, Draxter was unable to escape the horde clutches. Extendar eventually traveled with Shira to, to Eternia, and joined the renegade masters of the universe. Confronted by his enemies, Sendar reaches new height, transforming into a super strong warrior. You know what? I don't have any problems with this file. I'm it's okay. It's cut. It went with the mini-comic. Yeah, it's pretty much the mini-comic, the, uh, the uh, UK US, comic, the UK and the US. Combined. Uh, because people don't, you know, some people, uh, this frustrates me with them. It's like, it's Filmation or nothing. And this guy came out toward the end. He was one of the last figures in the line. And they featured him in the last few issues of the uh, U.S. magazine. And, of course, it was too late for the... Uh, Filmation. Yeah, because, you know, by that time the cartoon was already done. People don't realize that they finished the uh, Filmation, both the Shira. And the uh, He-Man cartoons, like a year before the toy line officially died. So he never got a chance to uh, be featured. But he was featured a lot elsewhere in other media. And he was a cool figure. He really was. Yep. And yes, that's his 80s name. Because I've seen a lot of people complaining about his his name and thinking, like, calling him Doodoo, singing that Campton Campton Races song with his name, and... And I'm like, yes, that is his 80s name. Stupid sounding, yes, but at least it has presence. And it's not a new Mattel name like, or Blidion Black, or, or Abby the Note. Well, I have to say, it's a good name because it's a common villager name. You know, in medieval, uh, medieval literature and, uh, you know, they had like simple names for villagers in literature. And whoever named him knew this, because in most literatures, like villagers and common folk and all that, had basic names like Dongong or Dubby and all that. The fancy royal names and all that had the Richard and had the uh, the big John Lannisters and, you know, and all this. But the common folks, they just had simple names. So, you know, there is something behind it. Whoever named him back in the 80s was aware of the literature and all that. A lot of the writers were Dungeons and Dragons players and uh, big uh, Lord of the Rings fans. Back then, yes. And, and and one thing, now that you mention it, it's like most of the most of the most accepted names usually come from the 80s. 
Yep. Not not taking a jab at the new classics names, but some of the names have been ridiculous. Like Mossman. Or or Mosquito, who seriously sounds like a character that you you'd see on Harry Potter instead of Masters of the Universe. Yeah. But well, that would have been a nice Dudon. Dudon, it works. It sounds like a commoner name. It's not something fancy. And the whole reaches it's from the card back. So we I know we love to poke fun at Mattel for the weird writing, but that comes from the card back, so if we're gonna poke fun at it, it comes from the eighties. But this is a well written one. I mean this is going back to the Vite Four, where it's a self contained it tells you just about the figure, giving you a little insight about him. Nothing about extra characters. Well, we did have about Dragster, but that's showing the relationship that they had. But otherwise... And the other, and the I, other athlete, for those who don't know, it's Snout Spout. But that's what Mattel shoved all three. That Those three are the experiment three. Dragster, Extender, and Snout Spout. And uh, the best part is that it takes on past mythology. It's not, it's not like trying to make a new continuity out of them. It's just taking the elements from the past mythology and posting them on the bio and calling it a day, so that's why it feels a bit better. There's no overarching second ultimate battleground, Preternia something or other, hero, son of He-Man, blah, 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 stuff. Well, you gotta feel sorry for Schnauzer, but, you know, because he was kind of dragged into it, but, you know, the way the comic books are and the way they recall them, you know, Extendar and uh, Dragster were kind of seduced into it. Still, he's a nice looking figure. He's a, he's actually a great figure, and Pixel Dan's review is great. I'm I'm looking forward to this guy. I'll wait and see until I see him in hand, cause I have a few nitpicks about design, but maybe they won't bother me as much once I have him in hand, cause sometimes some figures look far better in hand than on the reviews. That's all I'm gonna say on the age. Well, people complain he doesn't have the pearl like shine that uh, he did in the '80s. And in I all fairness, to... different different plastics, the paint reacts differently. And I have to say that that plastic from the 80s is very brittle. You know, my first Extendar broke on me. Because that, that was really brittle plastic. So and while the, sheen, while the sheen is not as strong as in the vintage, he does seem to have it. But in the rubberized plastic for the armor, it's going to look a bit more dull. Because he kind of has it in the arms, judging by the video on Pixel Dan's review. We don't get that many knights. We only have one. That's Sir Laser Lad. Now we have another knight. No, no. We have a real knight, and we have Superman cosplaying as Cobra Commander. <laughs> okay, who's going to read the last bio? Oh, heck, I'll do it. <laughs> I didn't want to. Neither did I. Okay, so... Entrapta. Tricky Golden Beauty. Real name, Estra Veselak. After the Horde invaded Etheria, Catra was sent down with the initial invasion force to assess the level of resistance. Befriending an illegitimate ruler of Bright Moon, Catra recruited Estra to join the Horde and help him conquer the planet. Using her ultra-long magical hair, Estra became known as Entrapta for her ability to capture enemy. Her arms, legs, and torso are made from the shiniest gold on all Etheria. Her hair is pink and purple, and the longest of anyone in the land. 
when Shira or her friends come near to see the shiny gold of Entrapta, she traps them in her ultra-long hair. She remained with Hordak after he abandoned Etheria for his original goal, the magics of Eternia. Enough power to take, and there seems to be something missing here. Take command the, of a, no. of the entire Horde Empire. Right. Uh, I have to say, I like that they wrote magics with K, because it sounds pseudo-arcane. I'll give them props for that. I actually like her name, Estra Veselak, but again, I know she was gold in the vintage toy, but that chest is not gold. That chest is purple. I think they're this... trying to go for a metallic purple. Okay. And, and this sounds so obviously ripped from the style guy. She has the longest hair. She has her hair is like pink and purple, and like the longest of anyone in the land. Totally. When she and her friends like come near her to see the shiny gold of Entrapta, like she traps them in her like ultra long hair. Yes, this is directly from the eighties. The pink police were invading this bio. I wish I had like chewing gum to be chewing be- while I speak, like because like this is so totally fabulous. No, no. All jokes aside, all jokes aside, I know they're taking stuff from the style guide or everything, but seriously, look at the toy. Her chest is not gold, and is are her gloves golden? Or is that her skin that it's golden? I'm a bit confused. Is she like King Midas and she's got like golden hands and legs and like anything she touches or kicks turns into gold and that's why she uses her hair to grab people? And is she related also to Glimmer and Angela? Well, here's here's my issue with that. You brought it up. She is called an illegitimate ruler. She's a bastard. Yeah, I mean, game. I mean, not to insult anybody, but I'm talking about like Game of Thrones type bastard. Uh, yes, title. that's the type of bastard I'm speaking of. <laughs> I'm kind of like, really? I mean, at a Whitlock uh, rulership here, we're talking about that. <laughs> well, then she should have been for- befriend uh, Skeletor because he was robbed of his throne. Yeah, but nobody's he calling should- him a bastard. Even though we know that he is. I don't know, I think... In both both senses of the word. I don't think Skeletor would be one, because technically, I think the King Mero did marry... Yeah, but if Mero annulled the first marriage to marry Randor's mother, Skeletor becomes an illegitimate child. Right! Or he died. No, I mean, if you were... If you marry... Now, yeah, if you, you know, annul it, and then now we're getting into, uh, you know... King Henry VIII stuff and all that, and uh, Game of Thrones <laughs> stuff here. But if he did, and I assumed, I always assumed the mother passed away and Miro was a widow. Uh, no, I think on the bios they mentioned something about his Keldor's mother telling him about legends of Gar something or other and Dilix. I think it's on Panther's bio, but yeah, I don't have never- it with. Yeah, because I remember Keldor was raised by his mother, not by Mira. I don't know. I look at it a little different because Keldor's older. We know by, that. By, by a few years, quite a few. I mean, if you look at the DC, Keldor and Randor did grow up together. Well, it depends how old they are on the classic scan because they don't seem 
that much older one from the other on the classics, and I'm going mostly out of what I saw in the Origin of Skeletor, the classics, one with King Heeman, which I read a few weeks ago, thanks to a friend who won't let me review his King Heeman, but but I know, like, in 2000X, like, Keldor was much older than Randor. Could be, too. The, argu- the argument could be made that we don't know how Gar's age. That, too. My impression was always that part of the reason Keldor grew up or he became who he was was because of some issue with his mother. And that's why he screamed mother at the end of his life, supposedly. Because maybe there was some traumatic thing with his actual mother that he lost. Or maybe he witnessed her actually being murdered or something. Which would make him who he is, you know, being that kind of screwed up a little bit. And justify the whole death of Randor's mother, and why would people blame Keldor for it? Yeah, it could be the first mother died under some mysterious circumstances, and the kid was there, and it happened the second time, and again, Randor Keldor was there. You know, and again, we have a Game of Thrones situation here. Right. So that I'm was great. My... Now I need to get Imp to play the Imp. That was my take on it, and here with Entrapta. You know, they call her an illegitimate ruler, so it's like, wow, okay. And, you know, Catra kind of besties with her. Which, to me, it's funny that her and Catra are kind of BBFs here. Okay, I so need Entrapta and Catra to, to make some funny pictures. Shopping. And, <laughs> and yeah, I, I think I'll need to get some of those Jack-specific food court food court dioramas so I can have... have Catra and Entrapta at the Dairy Queen. Queen. Uh, I just realized something. Most of these spiders aren't really that bad. Only Hordex was the one that was horrible, so... No, this is not that bad of bio. Um, the gold thing, yeah, it's kind of a... Uh, okay. Yeah, it's a, it's a throwback to the, to the original stuff, but some things need to be changed just for the toy to make sense, because... What if they had gone with the whole Filmation Palais where she's mostly silver and gray? Tricky Golden Beauty. She's silver and gray. Oh yeah. And on the, and the toy, her hair is like only pink and like the purple. It's just like the ribbons holding the, the braids. It's not her hair being in two colors like the vintage toy. Just saying. I gotta say, I gotta call some of these things. I mean, Scott has made some great decisions. And, you know, sometimes, you know, he gets ragged on because he made a call. Yeah. Where you could have, you know, easily gone right, you could have gone left. And he went left, and people call him for not going right. And even though if he went the right, people would have called him for not going left, you know, but they don't think about those things. Or for not turning back, or for not going up, so. Yeah, and. You know, it's just bad job. You gotta... It, it is. You're gonna get a whole lot of slack for it. And here, I wish, you know, I would have done things a little differently with the Entrapta figure. But, okay. I mean, I'm looking at it. And Golden Beauty? I mean, okay, what? Her legs? I mean, that's what I'm thinking. Okay, what? Am I staring at her legs? Pretty much is the biggest golden thing ever. So what? There. What is Scott's a leg man? Well, if we're going, if we're going with the classics, with the classics figures and the classics canon, maybe. 
I mean, but the vintage, but the vintage Entrata was mostly golden, and and when the paint started to flake off, and you could see the back metal inside, she she basically turned into a, a golden statue with with a little non golden head and the hair. Well, I'm looking at the uh, the filmation or again the style guide, and yes, you know, I mean, she is more golden. She has purple hair. She's got the golden boots, golden gloves, uh, golden uh, body piece with the golden uh, headdress and she looks like a disco queen <laughs> here yeah, here i mean looking at the figure herself i mean yes she's got kind of a golden belt okay i can make that argument the golden gloves okay uh golden collar okay the golden long legs boots disco boots thing so technically you could make the argument that she is golden i mean she i think she has a little more gold but, I'm definitely going to paint those little lighting, lighting bolts gold so the gold pops out a bit more. And But her hair is not purple. It's totally pink with purple ribbons. Well, yeah. the color could be... I mean, the, the argument could be made that it's purple-pinkish. I mean, it's not the pinkest thing I've ever seen. I don't know. Maybe we actually have to... I have to see the figure to tell you. Maybe it's the colors or something. Well... Uh, let, I just chuck it out that it was just a nod to the vintage toy, but but and the style guide, but the uh, final figure got colors different. Like most figures have have like product and a small asterisk. Like final product may not look exactly like prototype or something or other. Maybe the palette was changed somewhere along the line. And since the bio was written all the way back in 2009, about the time Stratos was released. No one could, like, go and correct that little mistake that was there since 2009. And by the time, and around 2009, when they were gonna tackle Entrapta, she was gonna have a golden chest. Wink. Yeah, I mean, overall, I'm waiting till I get the figure in hand before I make final judgments. Yeah, I'm okay. I mean, the figure looks fine. And I know the bio, again, is a nod. Back to the 80s pink room. So, at least they're trying to stay true to the source material. Wait a minute, guys. Okay, correct me if I'm wrong. July, for the Princess of Power subscription, the July figure is Double Trouble. Mm -hmm. Uh The September figure is Entrapta. Uh Uh-huh. Oh, crap. That means that August will be getting Madame Rass. Yep. Right? Mm -hmm. Yes. August is going to be a very expensive month. So that means that the next bio we may get will be Madame Rass, right? I suspect we, probably San Diego Comic Con. I think even before that, I think it's going to be leaked uh, out. Sort guys, of like do you realize what this means? Hmm. Madame Rass is going to get a real name. Razzle, I'm Razzle. afraid. I'm still in favor I'm of afraid. she doesn't remember. Name I, unknown. I'd rather have that as an answer, but I'm afraid like she's gonna get like some plain old name like Anna Marie. Now that I think of it, there's a lack of Marie's in Masters of the Universe Classics. Yeah, but I don't want her to have a normal name. I'd rather see it left alone. I saw like the real name she forgot. Will Broom have a real name? Broom. <laughs> His girlfriend is a uh, dustpan sweeper. <laughs> no, that's their child. And his 
his childhood rival is Mob. No, we didn't talk about Eldor. No, we didn't talk the Eldor. Because it's, oh, yeah. it's well, not official yet. It is. Come on. I know. The, okay. I want to know how Toy Mag is getting all these leaks all of a sudden. Uh, stolen samples. Tokyo Neighbor and Toys Mag have, have gotten these for quite a while, so it's really nothing new, but normally they were more reserved on what they released. Um, how do you guys feel about the double cloak on Eldor? I don't mind it. So far, I don't mind. And it seems like instead of giving us two heads, we're getting a lot of removable helmets, hoods. People complain, like, oh, it doesn't look like... What do you know what it looks like? It never got released. Uh, well, I can I can get, like, from a design st- standpoint, on a, well, on a costume design, clothes design, having two hoods may seem a bit ridiculous. But you know what? I, I will, of course, when I get the figure, I will bitch about it. I will moan about it because, again, I need to nitpick. But in a way, I find it like it's magic. It's like, this is the normal hood, and this is the other magic hood because rain and stuff, and screw this, I'm an old man in a hoodie. But one thing I'm going to be doing is painting his crotch brown just to make him look a bit more like the vintage figure. The way I looked at it, they kind of made his back a little differently because he's got a you know it's it's a, like a long hood yeah I'm, I'm yeah it, it almost reaches the bottom of his back and one thing i honestly do not like is like his back's got a big gaping hole on it well the back armor has a big gaping hole on it so he can bend back i it's similar to well it, no seahawk does not have it because seahawk's back piece reaches the back it's similar to um clamp champ's armor that and you could say the way it's sculpted you could just call it a design you know like he has a fur design you know what I'm and saying like it's I a just color. hope that yeah the, the color looks like it's got like a weird well it looks to me the color of his looks more like burlap but eh, it's a stylized coat and I just wish that he had at least paint had uh, the crotch part of his pants had been painted brown just to match the vintage design, because right now he looks like he's wearing a really, really, really short skirt. Okay, my wife said it best. It looks like a shawl. It doesn't look yep. like he's had a hood down. It looks like he has a shawl on his back. See, I'm going to send you the, the copy of I mean, the uh, link. The pick. Okay. See, it looks like a shawl. See, it doesn't look like a hood. Yeah, it does look like a shawl. And I wish I I wish we had seen a pig on the back with a hood on, so we could yeah. judge it a bit better. Cause while the whole chest is brown, which helps it a lot, I still want to know how it it looks from the back, so I can so I can gauge the figure better. But oh, that staff is awesome. Which is from Filmation. Um, the book I'm a bit underwhelmed by it. I just wish it had something more, cause the pages are blank and that's like lame. Well, we don't know if anything's painted on the pages when yeah. he opened uh, Scott, Scott mentioned that they were blank, and oh, I didn't notice this on the actual figure. His belt, which in the vintage figure was some sort of an M, now is the Ramstone. Is it? Yes, it is. Oh, a gold well, version of the well, Ramstone. A golden. Well, he has the gold ram painted, which sounds interesting. What does that mean? See, he's, he has like weird attachment. He, I see like a hook attachment. And some silver. Yeah, it looks like a dentist hook. And so- 
It looks like silver thingamajigs. Rune Maybe stones. it's supposed to be like the MacGyver of the Pre-Eternia era. And a little pouch on his back. See, it looks okay. I mean, but, you know, as a figure itself, to me, he looks fine. And I'm thinking because people saw the unpainted uh, prototype, the back, you can clearly mistake it as a hood. But no, no, it's a show. And the only complaint people are saying is like, well, you know, the the uh, the hood doesn't like connect to the top of his head. And I'm again, I'm thinking logistics because if they don't do it right, it's going to shrink. Plus, this is a prototype. Yeah, he's not a final version. Um, not all hoods fit so close to the head. I've I've had some stiffer material hoods that they tend to do whatever the heck they want. So. And it's going back... And again, since it's removable. And it's going back to pre-Eternia time where they're not going to have the fitted hood. And it's supposed to look rustic before all this technology came in. In any case, I like the figure. I'm surprised that they went and did a third pair of boots when they could have reused either snouts, pouts, or blades. And like you said, this is not the final product. We don't know if they're going to be totally blank. Luck, luckily, I just got some book. I got, well, over a year ago, I got a few thingamajigs from uh, third-party customizers, like scrolls, little vials, thingies, so I can so I can have Eldor looking more magical. And I think I'm going to... I finally found a use for the Sir Lot weapons from the final weapons pack. I'm going to give it to Eldor so I can have him in that... You shall not pass, folks. <laughs> Ooh, have him fight Grandamir. You know it. <laughs> I'd like to thank our friends over at HeMan.org and MaddieCollector.com. If you haven't checked out those sites, please do. Make sure to get all your figures from MaddieCollector.com on the 15th. And I'd like to wish everyone a good journey. I'm Renee, wishing you all a good journey. I'm Yoni, good journey. Francis Crespo, good journey. And I had to, I had to nitpick at the bio. <laughs>